You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. Hey, that's right. We're the Fantasy Joes. I am Ryan Livergood at Roto Librarian on Twitter. Joining me this evening, ugh, joining me this evening from the home office in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's the one and only Will Greenwood, everybody. I decided to call my office Pillow Town <laughs> because I have to have a ton of pillows set up so there's not as much of an echo in here in case anybody was curious. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. So I should say, live from Pillow Town, Will Greenwood, everybody. Oh, hello, everybody. It's a pretty fluffy day here. <laughs> Skies are blue. People are happy. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's an uncut episode, so, so no worries. Um, also joining us from North Carolina. Trey Barrett. Trey, you don't have internet, so how are you joining us? What's going on? Yeah, man, I'm, uh, I'm calling in. <clears throat> I, well, I've actually got the video. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at your beautiful faces right now. Oh, and uh, so I'm using my phone. I'm, I'm using the AirPods. The, the sound quality is, is usually – I don't have a fancy microphone like you guys. So my sound quality is always a, a, little, bit, a little bit of a step below. But since my advice and my takes are a step above, I guess it's good that it kind of <laughs> – Evens out like that. Oh, tonight, cut it out. Come on. Tonight is, uh, all right, Bob Saget. Yeah, tonight, tonight the, the audio quality is going to be a little lessened, so that means I just got to make the takes even better. Uh, I think it's uh, Dave Coulier, by the way, not, not Bob Saget. Just uh, let's, let's oh, get our yeah, full no, house references no. in order, Trey, if we're going to drop them. You're right. You're right. Hey, first, first hot take, man. Can we please get the regular season here? These camp reports, <laughs> these beat writers, oh my God. Like, it's making, me, it's making me hate all of my sports apps. I literally just got an alert on my phone as we've been recording, a pop-up from the Fantasy Pros My Playbook about Zeke. And I'm like, yeah, every time I get a pop-up, you know, normally it's like you're kind of excited to see what the news is. Now I just roll my eyes and close it. My favorite headline... My favorite headline so far is uh, like X number of things we've learned from uh, X day training camp <laughs> of whatever team. Like five things we learned from the Chiefs training camp day three. One, Patrick Mahomes is throwing passes only left-handed. Is he actually left-handed? <laughs> Stay tuned. You know, it stinks in the Chicago area, you know, Bears camp. There, there's not a lot of news out of Bears camp, so it's kind of boring, which is, which is kind of nice. Uh, but you, you hear about the kicker situation. So every day you have to hear about the kicker, and they're rotating the kickers, taking turns, and it's like, oh, God. I mean, I know it's a problem, but it's just – if that's all the, the writers are writing about, talking about. So I'll be happy when we get into the year. Whoever the kicker might be, I hope it's a good one, but I'm just uh, – I'm sick of the kicker talk, so – yeah, it's um, the, but the season's almost here. We're um, about a month away. What is it? September fourth is the Thursday night kickoff game. It's the hundredth anniversary of the NFL, of course. If you haven't heard, I'm sure you have. And it's the um, the Chicago Bears hosting the Green Bay Packers. We got a long way to go, but we still have some time to talk about the upcoming season and guys we're excited about. And who's the number one guy we're excited about? Will Greenwood. Actually, I wanted to just touch base. If you guys are you guys paying attention to the Bengals training camp now at all? See who's running after AJ Green goes down. Yeah, because they 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 decided to have practice at the um, 
that field, I guess, or close to the field where Illinois Wesleyan or something. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Illinois Wesleyan in Bloomington, Illinois. Um, no Dayton, Dayton, Ohio. And that's where it happened. Yeah. I'm, we're, I'm kind of paying attention. What, what are you, what are you seeing there in uh, Cincinnati? Will? Uh, I mean, nothing. I was, I, I was leaning on you guys for this information. Trey seems to be paying a lot of attention. Trey. To, to the Bengals training camp. <laughs> yeah. Who's Josh, who's Josh Malone has never looked better. <laughs> I'm not tuning into any training camp. I'm, I'm attending, I'm tending to my dynasty leagues. I'm looking over rosters. I'm sending offers. I'm making moves. I'm I'm tightening up my contending rosters. And uh, I'm yeah, man. I, I I'm not real sure what's going on there. I mean, I, I know that they've kind of been decimated by injuries. Um, yeah, I think the offensive line losing Jonah Williams to to the shoulder injury was huge. And obviously, did you guys hear about AJ Green? Well, I don't know. About <laughs> I just drafted him. What's going on? What? He's an all-pro. Uh, so, actually, just pulled this up when you search training camp news and search by then filter by news on Google. Uh, Damian Willis, undrafted free agent this season, is improving his stock in practice. Uh, ben underscore baby, want to give credit here on Twitter. Uh, WR Damian Willis drew some ooze from the crowd with a nice one-handed catch. Put him on alert. Eighth-round pick, Damian Willis, best ball. Snatch him down before it just gets higher. That's very excited. Excited. That's very exciting. Just like Juwan Winfrey is is doing exciting things for the Denver Broncos, we've heard. Yeah. So there's always these stories about these guys we'll never hear from again. Um, Has there been any butt sightings in Denver? I feel like Jake Butt's a lost, like, tight end. (laughs) Why don't we talk about something a little more relevant? You think so? I mean, it's not like they spent a first-round draft pick on a tight end this year or anything. <laughs> yeah. Not as fun of a last name, though. One of the best last names in the NFL. I do like Patriots camp news. I think that's some of my favorite. Oh, about Maurice Harris, how it looks like today he's going to – if the season started today, he's going to start for the, the Pats. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm only curious in Tom Brady's touchdown-to-interception ratio in training camp, so – we're That's hemorrhaging down. We're hemorrhaging downloads right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So before we talk, start talking about dynasty players, I want to just say two things. First of all, I want to give a shout out to the local Chicago dynasty league. So twelve of us got together live in person this past Saturday, and we did a draft. So uh, John McGlynn organized this. He reached out to people on Twitter. So shout out to John and the and all of my league mates. It, it was cool to actually meet people in person and do a live dynasty draft. I've done live redraft leagues, but never a live dynasty draft. So. That was awesome. And I launched the End Alls Bowl this week. My wife is raising money for the Alzheimer's Association. And uh, there are 48 teams, $25 to enter. Uh, the grand prize right now is a subscription to Football Guys. I think it's the Football Guys. That's a um, um, great subscription, great prize. So if you go to my Twitter feed at Red Librarian, it's a, it's a pinned tweet. Check it out. Join. Um, and I'm excited about that. But now that I've, I've plugged those two things, I want to talk about Kyler Murray because even though he's getting a tremendous amount of hype, I think we can build onto the hype tonight, guys, because Will, you, you've you know, talked about some trades and his value. I, I did some research on why you should be excited about Kyler Murray, which I can get into in a second. But this is one of the, the players you want to talk about last week, Will, and you, you didn't get a chance to. So why are, did you, are you so intrigued with Kyler Murray? 
because uh, I've tried to acquire Kyler Murray in a couple leagues and, and been unsuccessful with the amount of hype he's had. And I felt like I've, I've offered some some good you know trade offers and been willing to lose a little bit. One of them was in the league weren't the other guys where I have all those wide receivers and my QB situation isn't great uh, by any means. But I was doing you know it'd be it'd be like Juju and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo for Kyler Murray, like Damian Williams, and something you know something else. And I wasn't able to get it done. Uh, and it never felt like it was actually that close. So I, was, I wanted to look up trades. And so, I, you know, I went into Dynasty League Football and looked at the trade finder and looked up Kyler Murray. And I specifically looked at Superflex Leagues because I don't really care about a single Q, QB value, uh, basically whatsoever. Sorry. Uh, and the first one that, that popped up that I thought was really interesting, so a 14-team Superflex, PPR, six points per passing touchdown. 14-team, I think, here is key. But it was Kyler Murray for Matt Stafford and George Kittle. Where did you guys land on that one? It was. Is this? This is a trade that actually went down at like a like a Twitter trade, right? Those are. This is, yeah, this is on the trade finder from where they use uh MFL, right? To find those. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm gonna go Kyler Murray, <laughs> uh, just, just because. Okay, maybe this is a good chance for me to share some Kyler Murray information. Can I? I'll, I'll, for, and I'll, maybe each time I talk about him, I'll just share some other stats, things that make me excited about him. His senior year. You have to look at the senior year. People forget how good he was at Oklahoma. I know, I know a lot of it was a part of the offense, perhaps. We talk about accuracy in the NFL, how important it is. 69% completion percentage of senior year. 69%. That's great. Nice. He threw 42 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. So that touchdown-interception ratio is outstanding. And the thing about Kyler Murray, the Konami code. Guys, 14 games. He rushed for over 1,000 yards, 1,002 rushing yards, and 12 touchdowns on the ground. That's why we're excited about him. He's accurate. He's got a strong arm, which we'll talk about later. Um, you know, I, I know he didn't play a ton. He doesn't have, you know, multiple years of starting college experience, but he's in this offense that they're going to want to run plays. So, yeah, I'm excited about Kyler Murray compared to Matt Stafford, who I think is a bounce-back candidate. Trey, you were on uh, Dynasty and Chill with, uh, with Scott, and you talked about Matt Stafford as a bounce-back and I, a guy to think about investing in, and I totally agree with that. But if I can trade Stafford and George Kittle, I know it's 14 teams, but six point per passing touchdown, Kyler Murray, give me Kyler Murray. Yeah, I like it. <clears throat> I, I, of all the stats that you mentioned, probably the one that impressed me the most was the Gronkian completion percentage. Um, I really am growing fonder and fonder of Kyler Murray. And I'll have to tell you, I'm reaching the point where and I know this because I've had a few people reach out to me in various forums asking some opinions on various trades the last week or two. And my first instinct on the trade is in almost every instance been kind of reversed once they told me the league settings and format and starting requirements and scoring and what their roster looked like. So it's really hard to consider. I can see a scenario where I would, want both sides of this deal but you know and in, in completely in a vacuum I still believe in Matthew Stafford but as I mentioned on 90 and chill I'm not thrilled with Matthew Stafford as my quarterback one I, I really like him as a QB two and Kyler Murray on the other hand I feel like I'm stoked about as a quarterback one not if I'm a competing team so you know th this is a deal that I really like you guys know I'm a little bit down on um, George Kittle, and I feel like he's due for some regression. Um, and, and so I, I would take the Kyler Murray side of this deal. If I were 
or building a team. And, and this were, th- these were the first player or players I'm putting onto my roster. And it was one or the other. I would be stoked about putting Kyler Murray in as my quarterback one for the next 10 to 12 years. I do think that he has a very safe floor, and I think his ceiling is the roof. Nice, Jordan. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like you got that. In uh, Superflex ADP on DLF, George Kittle is going 30th overall, and Kyler Murray is going 34th. I would assume that that is going to change probably a little bit, and Murray will, will, will bump up ahead of Kittle. I wouldn't be over the shock if that's already happened uh, in the mocks that are going to be coming out now. But – for me, I, I, I'm kind of surprised, guys. So you have a quarterback who has not played a snap in the NFL. I get that he has some pretty uh, – like his massive production stats coming from college from one year of starting, which is, I think, also interesting that his college career wasn't prolific except for one year. I, I think that, is a, that should be a slight knock against Kyler Murray when you're evaluating him as a prospect coming to the NFL, uh, even though it was great and he has good arm strength. He is very slight of frame. He didn't do anything else at the combine besides weigh in. I think that should be a big red flag on what his weight actually is, and that should be a little bit scarier than what we're taking it as. The And Matt Stafford had one of his worst seasons ever and is a great starting, even if it's a QB2, uh, that, that's fine. He, if he outscores Kyler Murray in a six-point per passing touchdown league this season, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, when it comes to George Kittle, now you're having a positional advantage in a 14-team league where even if he regresses, you know, he's, his, his touchdown should go the other way. He only had five touchdowns last year. He should be – like, his touchdowns should be closer to, you know, eight, nine, or ten coming into this season. And I think that that – we're forgetting that his upside isn't just yards and yards after catch. I know there are outliers and variants with what he can do, but for his positional advantage compared to what Stafford or Kyler Murray – the difference between Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford, to me, I would have easily taken Stafford and Kittle – uh, and again, I know it depends on team build, but just in a vacuum, I'm I'm pretty surprised you guys are both taking Kyler here. And I like, don't get me wrong, I like Kyler, but uh, this this seems this seems like a uh, it, it's probably a win win for both teams because they both wanted it. But I would I would easily take Stafford and Kittle. I think also you're you're kind of playing a little bit of a value game and speculating on the future. You know, for example. In this local dynasty draft I did, I had the the 106 overall, and I had my choice of wide receivers on the board, and I took Juju. And I know Juju's not the – I know Ryan McDowell thinks he's the number one dynasty wide receiver. Um, but I decided, you know what, from a value point of view, I think Juju's going to – could be more valuable than a DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams or someone else I would have picked. And I think that's what you're kind of doing here with Kyler Murray. Yes, value-wise, Stafford and Kittle – they, they, you know, if you put it in the trade calculator, that 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 probably plugs them as as the winner. But I don't know how much higher can George Kittle go. Even if George Kittle, you know, repeats or has similar numbers as last year, um, you know, Kyler Murray, I think, is going to continue to climb. I mean, we could see like in this league that I, the Superflex League, the local league that I joined, uh, someone took Patrick Mahomes as the 101. We could see Kyler Murray two, three years from now is like the 101. It's possible. I don't think we're ever going to see George Kittle there. And Matt Stafford, maybe he'll bump a, a little bit in value. But I don't know. Kyler Murray, I just – I think from it, – it all depends on situation, absolutely. But I think from a – like looking at like a, a year down the road, value point of view, I think everyone would take the Kyler Murray side. I could be way off on that, but that's, that's how I feel. And I, I feel like that – Kelsey, I feel a little different about because I feel like Kelsey is a true tight end one. I feel like there's a pretty significant gap. I understand there's people that want to put Kittle 
in the same tier as Kelsey, and and that's fine because of his age. But I think as far as production, you know, the, over the next couple of years, I think Kelsey is a positional advantage, you know, a la Gronk in his prime. And I just feel like that there is production to be had. You know, a Jimmy Graham, a Tyler Eifert, a Delaney Walker, a Greg Olson, there, there is production to be had. If it's not a tight end premium league or it's not a two tight end league, I feel like there's production to be had at tight end. Um, whereas a true difference maker, someone that can put up 30 points on any given week um, and, and, you know, has a probably a, a floor of eight to, you know, 10 points in rushing from week to week, I think, well, maybe that's, a, you know, we'll say, you know, five to seven point floor for rushing. I, I just think that the upside is, is worth it to me. And I think I can find production at the tight end position. Whereas a 14 team super flex league, Having a you know big time difference making quarterback, I think is huge, but it's a fun discussion and like like ryan said you're you're right the the trade calculator, which I'm in the process of trying to plug uh plug it into one with my uh dinosaurishly slow internet i, I do think i i do I do expect the trade calculator to err on the side of uh Kittle and Stafford. Um, and as a matter of fact, it does um, to the tune of 59.3 to 30.8, um, actually valuing Stafford over Kittle in a 14-team PPR Superflex, which is pretty interesting. Wow. So uh, George Kittle outscored those tight ends that you're talking about, Trey, by more than 100 points last year in weeks 1 through 16. Kyler Murray is, is more than likely, and, and, and I guess more than likely is probably an overstatement, but he is not worth more than 100 points over 16 games over Matt Stafford when he's healthy. Well, I also don't believe – I believe that George Kittle's likely not going to repeat the numbers that he put up last year. I think that's highly unlikely. But, you know, that we, – we, you know, I've talked about that before. So – and I'm okay. I mean, I, you know, I, I just tend – I would, I would rather, rather have the upside of Kyler Murray. You know, he's a 21-year-old quarterback that – I think has immense potential. So I get the question. I mean, it, it makes complete sense. I just think George Kittle is at an absolute peak in value and is a huge sell for me. And I think Stafford's a safe guy, but he's not a difference maker. And, and I think, you know, you're, again, you're looking at, I mean, Kyler Murray's 10 years younger than Matthew Stafford. Kyler Murray is going to be relevant when, is, you know, both he, Stafford is, and Kittle have been. Like, it, then what are the chances that Kyler Murray fails or gets knocked up? Or, or, <laughs> That's impossible, or get, I think. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Junior, but it happened. Arnold Schwarzenegger. But, uh, oh, man. Uh, you know, he gets banged up. And it's, uh, that offensive line in Arizona is horrible. There's a, a – not, again, not – I shouldn't say – because I'm, I'm going off the, the edge on the other side of this because I do believe in the other side of the trade. I'm not this passionate about it, but I still think there's a decent percentage chance Kyler Murray misses time this season because some big D lineman lands on him when they go through that sim of an offensive line there in Arizona. Well, again, you know, this is dynasty. So I'm not, my, my concern with Kyler Murray is not his year one production as a 21 year old rookie at all. So my beliefs in the talent and, you know, situations change so I, I just don't you know I'm 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 banking on the talent and that he'll be a difference maker and, and I get that 
it's it's easier to take the other side of it. But I think it'd be a fun trade to revisit in 24 months. Yeah, I wish I had Kyle Murray in our leagues, but I don't. So it doesn't help us here. All right, next one up. Just just maybe we'll run through this one a little bit quicker. Because I thought that one was the funnest one to talk about. Because I, I, I think you can make an argument for both sides. And I don't hate either side. Uh, so Kyler Murray for Lamar Jackson and David Montgomery. And a six points per passing touchdown. 12 team. Full PPR. Uh, league. Superflex, of course. Yeah, that one's super <laughs> easy for me. I'm still taking yeah. Kyler. Was, I mean, Lamar Jackson yeah. has tons of tons of question marks, and, and I'm not a huge David Montgomery believer as far as long term. I think he'll produce this year, but I'm I'm not a big you know I take Kyler on that that deal. Yeah, and if you want to make that argument against Kyler Murray about how is he going to hold up in the NFL, he's small. I, I know he's smaller than Lamar Jackson, but you know you have to have the similar concerns with both of those guys in terms of. Uh, you know, getting, taking big hits and getting hurt, that, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I think for me, Kyler Murray, pretty easy in that deal. I, and you guys know I, I'm a big fan of David Montgomery. Um, and I, I think Lamar Jackson's super intriguing this year. But, yeah, for Dynasty, Kyler Murray just with the upside. Okay, a- adding what to Lamar Jackson gets you to Kyler Murray. If it was Lamar Jackson and Kerry Ann Johnson for Kyler Murray? Man, that's a really tough – man. Those are generally trades I don't like to do where I'm transitioning from someone I really believe in and I really like to someone that I have significant questions about, even though I really like someone like carry on. Um, man, that, that's a tough, I would probably try to figure out a way to get carry on and a different quarterback. Okay. Yeah. It's just, and I also thought that that was closer when I wrote that down. And then we revisited. I was like, "Ah, oh, this is stupid." So <laughs> at least we at least we're all on one side here, boys. Nice job. Uh, one I thought was interesting was was Kyler Murray and Zay Jones for Jameis Winston and Tyler Lockett in a six points per passing touchdown in full PPR. I think it really pushes the where you are on the Jameis Winston hype train that has now been well established, and he is screaming up uh, at least redraft boards. Uh, and where you guys are in your dynasty opinion of Jameis? You know what's interesting? Something I found out about Jameis when I was, and this ties into Kyler Murray. So I have to say, there's this article I found, which I'll post in the show notes, assuming I remember, by this guy, Tim Nix. And Tim is one of the guys behind the ESPN sports science stuff. And he basically looked at film and looked at all these different characteristics of Kyler Murray on film. So his, like his, his arm strength, like how fast he throws the ball. Um, also, he looked at his release on film. So Kyler Murray has a release of 0.39 seconds. Um, that's about the same as Tom Brady's release, okay? 0.39 seconds. Middle of the pack release in the NFL is about 0.4 seconds. And I guess one of the worst guys in the league, average release time, 0.47 seconds, is Jameis Winston. He's on the low end of things. So, uh, you know, I don't know. J- Jameis is one of those guys. Maybe he turns it around. He certainly has the potential. And I guess we just know more about Jameis Winston but with his turnovers, you know, um, uh, you know, I don't think he's quite the Konami code that Kyler Murray is. I, I mean, yeah, obviously you want Tyler Lockett over Zay Jones. I, I still have to go with Kyler Murray. I'm sorry. I just, I, I just can't, you know, I, I think Jameis is interesting, but you, you, you give me this deal. I'm going to take the Kyler Murray side. I'm sorry. I just keep hammering on the Kyler Murray side. That's no fun, but. 
You know, what's interesting to me is, you know, you guys know I, I've, I've been a guy that kind of has continued to believe in Jameis and, and still do. It kind of baffles me. He, he's an interesting case, and, and people point to his turnovers. But what, what's remarkable to me is, I, and I just looked it up, and I, 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 the only reason I plugged it in is because this is another guy, right, that's, you know, had some turnover issues. Um, and I think there's some, still con- some, some concerns about him at quarterback. Um, and that's Mitch Trubisky, Ryan, which you're very you know, familiar with. Jameis Winston's only one year older than Mitch Trubisky, right? I mean, Jameis Winston's a 25-year-old quarterback. It seems like he's been in the league a long time because he has. And, and I, I just think that people are a little – like, so he's always going to turn the ball over, right? But we've seen very, very successful quarterbacks in the NFL for both the NFL and for fantasy that turn the ball over, right? I mean, Brett Favre, you know, famously as a gunslinger. And, and you say, oh, well, you know, that, that's Brett Favre. He, you know, you're talking about a Hall of Famer. I think Jameis Winston has the athletic ability to be that. And so, you know, th- this is definitely a make-or-break year for him. I've got quite a few shares of him. And I am – there is a bit of a dilemma because I do feel like that, you know, he, he is being pushed up right now in value. Um, I, j- I just plugged him into to the Dynasty Trade Calculator. And he actually is less than a point away from Kyler Murray. Um, and, and I just plugged in – uh, Mitch Trubisky, he's like two and a half points away from from Mitch Trubisky. So I, I really kind of get the feel that, you know, probably, I don't know. I'm not sure if Jameis is a, a sell right now. I feel like that, you know, if you can if you can move on to a younger or a safer asset that it might be worthwhile. I think Jameis Winston's going to have a top five or top six year this year, even if he throws 16 interceptions. I think that offense is just going to be – um, monstrous. So uh, that's a, that's an interesting trade, Jameis Winston. I I think I'd rather get the reset on the the newest 101. Right? I mean, I think Kyler Murray's uh, both floor and ceiling are higher long term. Um, but that one's tempting. Jameis is an interesting guy. It's going to be really interesting that that narrative that Tampa Bay is going to have this explosive offense this year because their offensive line is, is still not the greatest, I, I suspect. Same as Arizona. Same as Arizona. That's true. The backfield in Tampa, you know, Peyton Barber looks like he's going to be a starting running back. That doesn't excite you at all. And I know there's weapons there. There's OJ Howard, and I'm super excited about OJ Howard, definitely. And I think I'm probably a little bit higher than you guys are on Chris Godwin, although I think the hype is definitely out of control on him. Mike Evans, obviously, is a stud. But I don't know. We'll see. It'll be a really interesting year just to see. I mean, Tampa's fascinating to me. They are such an interesting team. I think week two, the Thursday game week two, I think it's Carolina-Tampa. Very excited about that game. Just a lot of interesting fantasy foot, football uh, uh, you know, assets going in that game. And just to see how does how does Cam bounce back with his shoulder this year? How, how does Jameis play? It's going to be that the NFC South is just fascinating for fantasy purposes, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. What, what about you, Will? Where do you uh, land on this deal? Uh, I'm I'm taking the Kyler Murray and Zay Jones side, and it's not that. I mean, I guess it's pretty close with uh, Tyler Lockett in there, but I I actually don't mind Zay Jones as an upside pick there. Uh, I know he's had put his foot through a window and is a weird dude, but what NFL player isn't a weird guy these days? Uh, and I think that he's going to have a good opportunity there in Buffalo to grow a little bit and be a good target for Josh Allen, as, much, as weird as that sounds. 
But I'm not – I don't overall think – I don't think Zay Jones is insignificant, I guess, is the way that I'd put that. So, to me, it's not just Jameis and Tyler for, for Kyler. I think Zay Jones helps. And, again, it depends on team build. But I would totally buy in. I, I don't buy in as much to Jameis. I think he could be fine for one year. But this is the year they're going to decide to resign him. And what if he does something dumb again? I mean, how many, how many dumb things does Jameis have to do for us to finally understand that he might just, you know, not be the brightest bulb? It, it, he's got a lot of – Character she's had in the in the past and moving forward. And when you, you listen to him, he's not I mean, I know that uh social media really preys on on those types of things, but I don't like it. So uh I guess I would I'm taking the upside here in Kyler. But if you took the Jameis side, I again I'm not overly, overly passionate about it. And Ryan too, I think it's interesting you mentioned Tampa. You know, I mean, with that same offensive line and essentially the same backfield last year, they led the NFL in passing yards and the only two teams that had more passing touchdowns in the Bucks were led by Andrew Luck and Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, I think that, you know, if they just stay the same, I mean, even if they regress, you know, 10%, you know, they still would have been the number six passing offense in the NFL. So I think that, you know, it's not, it's not like it's, I mean, I, it's, it's pretty well documented that, you know, if you streamed, the starting Tampa Bay quarterback last year, right? The, like Tampa Bay quarterback themselves were, were like, I think, um, top two, top three in quarterback production. So there's definitely, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not like they have to make some big leap to, you know, for Jameis Winston to have a top five season. He's just got to play 16 games, which obviously with Ryan Fitzpatrick out of town, I think is pretty, pretty likely barring an injury. Yeah, I, I do think the big thing that holds him back to, especially with uh, – I know we're talking about a super flex league here, but with, with uh, the depth at the quarterback position, those turnovers are a, a big negative. And, and they're going to be playing from behind. One of the reasons that offense was so good is because their defense was so horrendous and they got them in big holes and then they were playing from behind. So they'll put up some big big yards, some, so some touchdowns, but they're going to be several turnovers to go with it. And I think that's going to limit – where Jameis can ultimately go, but, but we'll see. You think oh, he'll yeah, be, be a quarterback one this year, Jameis? Probably. I mean, I think, I think he's probably a back end like quarterback one. I would, I think that's, I think this is the year he finally wins me the side of the Winston versus Wilson bet. I think this is the, this is the year. I think that he, <laughs> he finally so, huh? does it. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty confident in that. It goes three to one. You want to double down? Pretty confident in that. Oh, that's funny. Um, all right. Well, is that our last Kyler Murray trade? Any other Kyler Murray thoughts? I just, just he's. I gotta. I gotta share this with you guys. Um, we know he's got a strong arm. Uh, he, the according to Tim Nix, who did this research, his he can launch the ball at fifty-seven miles per hour. So it, basically, his arm is stronger than Sam Darnold, Mitchell Trubisky, um, just shy of like a Carson Wentz arm. Uh, no one touches Josh Allen, but. Here's what I love about this. This is one of my favorite things. We know he is, um, you know, super agile, amazing agility. In terms of straight line speed, the fastest Murray was clocked at from this analysis was 20.65 miles per hour. Outside of Zeke, that's faster than, than the speed of any ball carrier during the 2018 NFL playoffs. I, I just think that's amazing. So he's well, only during the some, playoffs. What's that? That the sample size of the NFL players is only during the playoffs. I think that's what this analyst, the, this, um, this study that he did, I guess it was just looking at, uh, 
I guess he was just looking at the playoffs. I, I don't know the um, – I'm taking this, you know, at face value, of course. So, you know, you can't leave everything you read on the internet. I realize that. But, but you've seen it in college. You know, you don't have to, to be a film grinder to, to, you know, throw up some YouTube highlights and watch Kyler Murray. The, the guy has amazing breakaway speed. He's going to have some huge plays. And that's what's – I think really what separates him from a lot of other quarterbacks. I mean, I know there are some other quarterbacks that make plays on the ground. But I do think that when you hear those projections – about how many yards he's going to have and some of them on the ground. And it seems kind of ridiculous. Just look at what he did in college and look at how fast he is. I mean, if he, he gets a, a chance, he's going to break some, some long runs. It's going to be fun to watch him. I can't wait. I, and I know the defenders in the NFL are faster, so he'll probably get caught from behind a couple of times, but. It's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for this season. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch a Cardinals offense that has the potential to be prolific with an awful defense. Yeah, and the line is Chris Harris would say because it is super crutch. It's like having two crutches, but you know what? I'm walking on those crutches. I'm getting sore armpits. I don't care. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Well, um, do you? So, guys, what else do we want to talk about tonight? This is uncut. We can talk about whatever we want. Do you want to talk about that trade that went down, Will, and your Empire League that you're in? Well, it's, it's, it's actually a, a, a co-worker, and we talked back and forth on this. It's the league winner from last year. He has good running backs. He has a solid starting squad. Uh, he traded his 2021st for Kareem Hunt. And I told him after this, I was like, initially I was kind of like, okay, I think I'm for it. And I think if you really want to do that, like I don't mind that trade. But then that last news about Kareem Hunt getting into that most recent bar fight, because uh, Kareem Hunt can't seem to keep his fist to himself in the Cleveland bar scene. And I – I, you know, I mean, you guys saw how that I sold Kareem Hunt in the league we're in together. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty out on, on him as, as far as the dynasty asset and not willing to pay. And the only place I had him still, he's now gone. And I know I might be selling low on, on what he could be because we've seen that, but I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on where you're sitting on Kareem Hunt. I, he's, he's talked about, I think, pretty often in the redraft sense now that he's kind of a no draft guy because he won't be coming back until week 10 at the earliest. But in dynasty, Let's, let's just go 2020 pick-wise. Where do you guys sit? Man, I'll let Trey go first. It's a great question because he's generally just a guy that you, you guys know my, my MO. Guys with these, you know, quote, character issues, unquote. I'm just not interested in acquiring them unless you can get them just like ridiculously cheap. And I think I had to pay more than I, you know, than I could ever, ever to uh, acquire Cream Hunt. Where I have him, I'm holding him because I think his value can only bounce back. But just not a guy, not even a guy I really thought about, Will, to, to try to go out and acquire. And, and it's, it's such a mystery, right? Because I, it's doubtful he's going to do anything in 2019. I can't see him having a, a real, barring injury, substantial um, involvement in that Cleveland offense. And then after this year, all bets are off. And then we've got all those running backs coming into the league in 2020 that we're excited about. So I don't know. I, I, I tend just not to want to target him. Yeah. I you feel differently? I, no, I, I, the problem I'm finding in the startups I've done the last couple months and, and, you know, even trades I've seen happen, there's always someone willing to pay more or, or draft hunt earlier than I am. I, I just think, so, you know, there's a, it's not unreasonable for um, Kareem Hunt to be a league winner this year, right? I mean, if, if something happens to Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb suffers any kind of injury that costs him the second half of the season, Nick Chubb is going to be a top 
five running back likely. I mean, it's almost certain in that Cleveland offense, you know, at least top 10. So there is that possibility that he is a league winner because of the opportunity that he gets. So, um, and in that instance, I believe Kareem Hunt owners will have a sell window that, you know, they would be relatively foolish to not take advantage of. I think that Kareem Hunt capitalized on being, I mean, we saw Andy Reid and his offense turn Damian Williams, who hasn't, couldn't beat out Frank Gore, Kenyon Drake, and couldn't hang around in Miami, you know, wasn't drafted. I mean, you know, he's a, he's just a guy. And I understand that he was talented coming into the NFL, but you know, there's a reason that he's never really had incredible production, even in college and made him, I mean, Andy Reid made him look like a, I mean, the, the guys just rocketed up draft boards and, and redraft and in dynasty. So I believe that Kareem Hunt's a talented running back, but I think he was essentially as a rookie put into one of the best situations you could be put in as a rookie NFL running back. And I think with the running backs that are going to be available in next year's draft, the teams that just took running backs in this draft, there's just not a lot of NFL franchises that are going to want to give him a shot. The likelihood that he ends up in a prime spot and gets a long, he's likely going to get a one year deal next year, approve a deal for someone as a backup. I think his days of being a feature running back in the NFL are over. And so I, I, not in a million years would I give a 2021st for him. If, if Nick Chubb got injured and Kareem Hunt from weeks 10 through 17 was the RB1 in the NFL, I would not give a 2021st for him. Probably wouldn't even still give an early 2022nd for him because I just think that his long-term future in the NFL – I mean, there's probably 10 or 12 teams in the NFL that wouldn't sign him to a contract, period, because of not just what he did, but the fact that he lied to the organization that was, you know, his employer. He, he lied to them. And so I think that, you know, there's 10 or 12 teams that are just like, no, no question, you know. Yeah. The running, running backs don't matter, right? So I just think it's a – I think it's a poor investment because of his future, because of the situation he's in. But in the same breath, I mean, you know, in, in, in five months, we could be talking about, you know, you know, we, how you had this stacked dynasty team and you lost to Kareem Hunt in the championship. <laughs> the Kareem Hunt variance. You know the Niners are probably going to sign him to like a one-year $12 million deal, a la Jerry McKinnon, and he's going to get hurt in preseason somehow. So there's the value spike. No, I, Trey, I think that was a great point that I haven't really thought of with him coming back into free agency is that, He's on a do not sign list for, as you said, probably up to a dozen teams. And that's, that. I, I haven't really thought about that. I think that's uh, something to keep in mind. Organizations are petty, so don't, don't forget that. And, I mean, he did lie, so it's not like super petty, but, you know. <laughs> it's not like he took somebody else's girlfriend. It's, or boyfriend, you know. Um, all right. Any guys, what else we want to talk about tonight? Any other final thoughts you get, you get, uh, well, you got some other deals on here we could talk about. I didn't put those. I want to ask you guys, I want to ask you guys a couple questions. Ask us a couple of questions, Trey. I want, I want to, uh, two, two guys that really intrigue me that have both been, you know, I think both of them are where actually let's, let's do three. Let's talk about three running backs. They're all relatively young. 
And at one point or another, they've all been very highly valued and all three of them have had injury issues. And like the reason that you can acquire them, I think at the price you can at this point right now is related to injury. When Ryan, you and I have talked about a couple of these guys off the air in some trade negotiations. Um, the, the players are Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, and Darius Geis. And, and I want to know what you guys think about these guys. Which of them do you think finally puts it together? I'm, I'm not you know, asking you to predict which one doesn't get hurt. Which one do you have the most faith in? Which one do you have the most interest in? Which one do you think delivers this year and, and you know, this time next year? You're going to be saying, man, I, I wish I would have bought this guy. Who, who is it for you of those three? I can go first. Uh, Dal- it, mine's Dalvin Cook, and it's Gary Kubiak is the, the fringe reason for that. Him being the offensive, what is he, like uh, – it's, it's not assistant. It's, uh, it's not mentor. I want to say mentor. But he's going to have his hand in that offense in Minnesota. And I like that uh, his zone running scheme and Dalvin Cook, I think, with the way that Minnesota wants to operate. If he's, and I'm just going to assume health for all three. Um, I'm going to take him. I do like Darius Geis because I think he's cheap right now, at least relatively, but you also are buying a lot of speculation. And Leonard Fournette has broken my heart, and I'm upset about it. So that's an emotional decision because I love King Leo, and he hasn't been able to put it together and stay healthy. Hopefully the lesser weight helps him, and he can explode. But if I were placing, you know, if you have a $100 poker chip, and it's a three, you know, a three roulette wheel type of thing, even though it doesn't spin, I'm, I'm placing it on Dalvin for him to have the most value going into next season. Yeah, my answer, I, I had to think about it. But I I guess when I put all three of those guys side by side, I, I go with Dalvin Cook as well. Uh, for Fournette, for me, it, it's two things that bother me. It's it's, And I know injuries are hard to predict, but he has shown that he, you know, he has propensity to get injured and miss time. And also the, the character concerns as well. So you got he's got two strikes. You know, he's got the injury stuff, the character stuff. And then Darius Geis kind of comes back to that Washington organization and they drafted him and he fell in the draft. And I think that says something. I think he has a very quirky personality. I don't think Darius Geis is a bad guy, but with, with his injury concerns, the fact he's a little bit quirky, I don't necessarily trust Washington. And, and when I look at running backs in dynasty more and more, I'm really looking at these small windows, these short you know, timeframes that guys, and you know, I think Dalvin cook is the guy that really could explode in value. I have my doubts about him too, but mainly it's because of, injury the injury situation but i think there's a clear role they want him to be the bell cow in minnesota i think i think he's going to be the clear guy in the offense so he has potential to have a huge year i know fournette is kind of the same they're going to feed him the ball guys it's a little bit dice here but if i have if i had to bet money on he's going to have more the most value coming out of 2019 i would go delvin cook if, if i've got a bet i'd go i'd go dalvin leo guys that's the way i go well, and I, I probably should have, I, I was trying to pull it up as I was asking the question, but because my internet is so slow tonight, um, I, I didn't have it ready. So, you know, I wanted to kind of take into consideration to their ADP um, because they're, they're, there's a pretty decent gap between each of them um, currently. And, and I'm using Superflex ADP since Superflex is the, by far and away, preferred method for the Superflex. fantasy Joes. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook is currently going at uh, 208, all right? So 20th overall, 208. So that's a pretty pretty decent draft capital if you're d- doing a startup. Leonard Fournette is going at the 405, 
So almost two rounds behind Dalvin Cook. And then uh, Darius Geis is actually going at the 608. Okay, so, you know, essentially you're, you know, second round, fourth round, sixth round. So there's about two, not, not completely. It's, it's essentially like 21 spots between uh, Cook and Fournette and about 26 spots between Fournette and Geis. So obviously that changes things a little bit. Um, and, and obviously it probably would change your answer a little bit. But I just think it's an interesting question because I think there's a really good possibility that at least one of those three guys next year has cut their ADP in half. You know, I, I think there's a good possibility. And, and it could be all three of them, really. If, yeah. if all three of them play 14 or 15 or more games, um, I mean, I think Fournette and, and Cook, if they play 15 games, they'll both be top 10 running backs. Um, and, and I think Geis probably is not quite as uh, – I, I don't think his upside is quite there. Uh, but, you know, he's also, you know, going significantly lower. He's, he's you know, running back 23 off the board in, in July, Superflex ADP. So, you know, I think there's much more room for him to move um, even without a super productive season. But, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. They're, they're, they're guys that are, are interested to talk about. Maybe you guys remember the last team that uh, Adrian Peterson was on that had a young and up-and-coming running back whose ADP was depressed? To a jerk I McKinnon. do. Alvin? Yeah, Alvin Kamara. Oh, yeah. So, basically, uh, using Greenwood Analytics here, Darius Geis, it's Alvin Kamara. Boom. Book it. Yeah, they're, they're all three buys for me in, in so, various capacities. And, I, and I've bought shares of them. Um, in various leagues. As a matter of fact, I bought Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette on the same team in the last nine days. And um, so, you know, I, I think that they're all three, they, they're likely all three not going to deliver. Um, but I, I also, you know, you know, hashtag sharing my strategy. Uh, you know, if Leonard Fournette's the kind of guy, I've got several shares and, and the moment that he's like, six weeks into the season and he's like a top five running back, I'm, I'm going to be floating some offers and trying to move, you know, flip him for a carry on or some, you know, yeah. trying to get myself maybe into a little safer asset. Same thing with Dalvin cook um, guys. I'm probably holding. I, I'm, I'm less likely to try to move on from him, but anyway. So, I, so Trey, think about that ADP with, with Dalvin. I look at guys after him. When you're just doing a startup draft and we're not, we're going to do no trading back, no trading around scenario. Uh, guys after Dalvin that I'd feel more comfortable taking, uh, like I see, I see Stefan Diggs down there. I'd be more comfortable taking him over Dalvin in a straight startup draft in PPR Superflex. Uh, at Keenan Allen, I honestly would feel I'm, I, but I'm, I think out of us now, the highest on Keenan Allen going into this next year. Uh, I think I would hold off on you know like a Travis Kelsey or something like that. But I also like Amari Cooper's upside. I don't know if I'd take him necessarily over Dalvin just based on value, but there's a couple of guys like lower. You know, like a Kyler Murray even type of scenario. I might prefer having Kyler Murray on my Superflex Dynasty team than Dalvin Cook to what he's produced in the NFL. So that's uh, just kind of three players that stick out to me to where I'm actually live and in a draft and have to pick at this spot that I might be taking those guys over him for long-term security with a good amount of upside that comes along with them. Kind of mitigate risk a little bit in my mind. I love trading out of – the second round in uh, Superflex startups right now. And I'm with you, Will. I, I, I think if you're doing a startup, it's one thing to acquire these guys in a trade. I think that's fine. I'm, and I'm cool with you taking Fournette at the 405 or Geis at the 608. 
but taking Dalvin Cook at the 208 for me, that's just too risky. I mean, I, I just think it's too risky of a, of a profile for me to invest in, in in that pick if I can't trade out of it. So, I, I, as you know, the the way the scenario started, I had to pick Dalvin Cook. But if we're talking about who am I most likely to pick at that spot, Dalvin Cook is last for me. Like the 208, way too rich for me. Will, I think you're you're dead on. And I'm Keenan Allen. I don't know if you're the highest on Keenan Allen. I'm super high on Keenan Allen too. I think there's been way too much negativity thrown at Keenan Allen about, oh, Mike Williams is going to take targets away from him and, um, you know, Dredger's coming back. Uh, Peter Howard just did a great um, podcast on Dynasty Crossroads about the the myth of, of targets and how – I like target, that. Yeah, it's a great – if you haven't listened to it, most of our listeners probably have. It's been out for a, little, for a while. Check it out because I think, I think it's a really great analysis. And I don't think those targets are just going to go away and go to Mike Williams or Hunter Henry or anything like that. Keenan Allen is really, really, really good. He has a great rapport with Phillip Rivers. The only maybe minor fear with him is, uh, is injury. So, no, I, I, think, I think you're right. I think that's a good, a good observation. What about you, Trey? You're not the one to take uh, running back in the second round like that. You're not going to take Dalvin Cook there, are you? No, not at all. I, I would never – I would never. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly, <laughs> I'm mostly intrigued in, in uh, with him. And you know, like for instance, the one, the one league I'm in, I traded Miko Hardman and uh, Miles Sanders for Dalvin Cook. And I don't remember if I. Oh, I got a second to third upgrade. Um, so it was it was Miko Hardman, and um, it's a it's an auction. So the rookie, it's an auction. So you get auction dollars associated with the pick. But both of our teams are. Are, are competitive. So I expect both picks will be late. So I, I, I essentially traded um, Miles Sanders, Mikael Hardman, and a third for Dalvin Cook in a second. So I felt really good about that. I mean, I, I like Miles Sanders a good bit, but I felt like that trade was, you know, no, no I'm never going to really take a running back unless, you know, someone, you know, really falls. Um, uh, the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a team wide receiver and quarterback at that point of a startup or, or and, and that's only if my first priority, which is team trade down is unsuccessful. But, um, and you know, Keenan Allen, I, I'm, I still like Keenan Allen. I'm the, you know, listen, I am the original Keenan Allen truther. Of the fantasy Joe. So my, my selling of Keenan Allen this, this off season is not necessarily a I'm out. I mean, he, he's still wide receiver eight right now in uh in in dynasty adp so i'm not like just completely out i just have a lot of shares and so i wanted to move him for some other i mean you know i don't know if you guys know this but keenan allen is like a tale of two cities when it comes to the last two fantasy seasons and we talked about this because it was funny i remember i don't know why certain things stick in your head i remember two years ago in the same episode, Ryan was like proposing to sell Keenan Allen. And I was like proposing to buy Keenan Allen. And you were right. Um, It was was really (laughs) funny. And then he proceeded to have this monstrous second half of the season. And then he did the same thing last year. I think I saw someone, I think he was wide receiver 40 last year through the first eight games. It it was like wide receiver 27 through eight games in 2017. And then he was like three wide receiver three. I think the rest of the way last year it was wide receiver 40 and wide receiver two. So you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but you know, when you when you're ADP, when you're when you're being taken in the first round or second round of startups as a wide receiver one, you know, wide receiver forty weeks one through eight just doesn't cut it, um, and, and it's just very puzzling to me because 
if you want to just talk about sheer talent and ability to get open, he's probably a top three wide receiver for me. I mean, he is a incredible, incredibly crafty route running maven. I mean, I love watching him on the field. He's he 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 kind of like Stefan Diggs. It's like he's almost always open. And so um, I like the guy a lot. You know, for, for me, it's just a matter of of he he's always very very reliant on you know being peppered with targets and yeah I mean I just you know he's 27 years old and for me it was just a matter of diversifying a little bit and and getting out you know maybe a couple years early rather than waiting until he starts to become depressed Um, so I still I still like the guy still have a ton of respect for him yeah, but you're right. He's he's disappeared at, at stretches of the season and in some key games. That, and I think people remember that. So I remember week 16 last year, they were playing Baltimore. And that's where he, I, I think we're, I don't know if he went out of the game early or whatever, but he was, you know, five for 58. So week 16 of your championship, you know, you want more than, uh, um, you know, five for 58, no touchdowns. You know what I mean? So I think it's just like certain moments people remember where he wasn't producing. but. Yeah, but when but when he's on, he's on. You know, week thirteen, he fourteen balls for one hundred forty eight yards and a touchdown. So you know, there you go. Uh, I'm trying to find quickly because I'm pretty sure Michael Thomas had a pretty bad end of the year last year. So let me find this real quick. Because uh, as I'm scrolling down, so weeks uh, eight through sixteen last year. Nope, he was wide receiver three. Okay, that went poorly for me. <laughs> I feel like was it was it the end? Is it twelve? Like, I because I, I had him so many places that I feel like he really uh, di- didn't show up in some key spots. But I might just be being biased here. Yeah, he's fine. I think that's the struggle with the wide receiver position, right? Um, and it's kind of why you'd almost rather be able to flex running backs if you have starting running backs. I mean, you know, obviously you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to flex, you know, Tariq Cohen over Keenan Allen. Um, but I, you know, it, that, that, that happens. I mean, even the best, the best of the best wide receivers will, uh, will, you know, kind of lay an egg every once in a while. So. Oh, the other thing about Keenan Allen was that week 15 game where they went to Kansas city where he was, he was, I think he didn't get injured really early on in that game. Yeah. It still counted as a played game, but I think he had zeros across the board. Right. Yeah. So, you know, with that, and then if you made it week 16, he underwhelmed. So uh, people really remember those things. Like, the thing with Melvin Gordon, you know, if you're a Melvin Gordon owner, not only has he, did he really hurt you in the playoffs, but um, last year, but, but now you may not even have him for a big chunk of this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm leaning into buying Melvin Gordon right now pretty heavily. You think so, huh? I'm gambling you, on that, yeah. What are, what are you going to – so you think he's going to play, like be back for week one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's it, my bet. And, 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 it, and it could be recency bias too with the Le'Veon Bell thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, clearly there is a – here's the thing I don't like about this Melvin Gordon thing. It not not so much Le'Veon Bell last year, but it's the the Chargers organization. I mean, Los Angeles they they have this track record of like digging in their heels. Like what happened with Bosa, right? Um, so 
that's what makes me nervous. That's what really makes me nervous. Not so much Melvin Gordon that he's, you know, g- gonna do something crazy, but I don't know, man. I, oof, I'm nervous. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. So one bit of training camp news to change subjects here. Uh, and I got into this training camp news a long time ago uh, when Laquan Treadwell was getting into fights at training camp when he was a rookie, when I was super stoked about Laquan Treadwell. But I read the other day, Jalen Hurd got in two fights in one practice at, at training camp. So he's definitely getting feisty. So there's your training camp news. You can choose what to do with it. I didn't even see that, man. <laughs> this, this goes beyond sleeper bot and, and Roto World. Where are you finding these blurbs, Will? Uh, I, learn, I look up training camp news and then I search and then just go to the news tab on Google and look at, uh, you know, what's, what's updated. If anything's in the past couple hours, I'll typically read it, give it a glance, see what's going on. It's kind of fun. It's not any valuable information, just like Jalen Hurd getting into fights. Uh, I don't think that has any, any, any implication on his fantasy value, but I like to see that my players are feisty and I want to be, I think it's also, I, I search for stuff that I want my biases. I want to search for stuff that's going to support what I want to happen. So I want Jalen Hurd to be good. I like Jalen <laughs> Ryan, you like Jalen Hurd because he has big hands. Yes. So mm-hmm. the fact that now he has big hands is getting in fights and is a feisty player. You got to buy him. You got to go out there. You got to buy him. That's funny. So that's I mean, worthless training camp, uh, training camp blurb. Of- I, will, I will plug two great resources for training camp news. So number one Move is – well, Will Greenwood, listen to the Fancy Joes and listen to Will. But it's one that's free, probably for most of our listeners. Your local public library, here's my library plug, what? probably has something called Press Reader. And Press Reader is this app that you put on your phone, or you can use it on your computer, and it has all these local newspapers from across the country. So if you want to read what columns are going into the local papers, I mean, it's, it's probably going to be as timely as like Roto World or whatever, but if you want to read more details, Probably you can find it online, but if you can't, check out Press Reader from your local library. Another great source is The Athletic. And The Athletic subscription is pretty cheap. Are you guys familiar with The Athletic? It's really kind of taken over. It's kind of like the new sports journalism. They've got a lot of great writers that, that write for them now. And I'm a big fan. I'm a subscriber. And, you know, obviously my feed is customized for, you know, local teams like the Chicago Bears. But I can bounce around, see what's going on at Chiefs camp, see how Darwin Thompson's looking and that kind of fun stuff. So I would uh, encourage you to pay the, what, three bucks a month for the athletic. It's worth it. Love it. All right. That might be a good place to end the, the yeah. Joe's Uncut yeah, with that recommendation. Point. If you guys want. Let's do uh, a new segment we're calling Final Thoughts. The first final thought will go to Will Greenwood. Will. What are your final uh, thoughts? Get, get yourself some Quadri Olsen <laughs> and Jalen Hurd. And don't, don't believe Trey about George Kittle. He's still going to be a uh, difference maker. He might not be as much as he was last year at his value, but come on. I like Kittle. I like Kittle. I'm not as down on Kittle as, as Trey. Trey Barrett, final Guys, thoughts. He, he, I mean, he's, he's now, just being do your own final so, thoughts, Trey. so high. <laughs> I mean, oh, he is being, he's just being so massively overvalued in startups. Um, you'll see, Will, because you and I are going to be co-owning a team. I'm pretty excited about this. My final thought is, um, you know, th- those of you listening, if you've never tried co-owning, shout out to Caleb Barnett 
the gentleman that, that I uh, met through a league that he actually commissioned that Ryan and I co-owned a team in that league. And, um, so Caleb and I just finished an auction that we, uh, annihilated and we, we co-owned that team and it was just fantastic. There were so many times where one of us was, was wanting to overreact, whether it was, you know, the last elite wide receiver going off the board or the last of our quarterback one targets. And we wanted to jump in and bid higher than we had originally discussed. And the other said, no, let's be patient. And literally every single time it ended up paying off except for one. And so we just, I mean, it was a, an excellent exercise. Will and I are about to tackle an FFPC and uh, it's tight end premium, Will. And you're going to see George Kittle be over drafted. He's probably going to go before Keenan Allen. So anyway, I, uh, I think co-ownership is an excellent exercise. If you've not done it, find someone. And, and I think it'll be fun too, because I think Will and I build our dynasty teams a little differently. Um, and, and so it'll be nice because the other te- people I've co-owned with were, were much more similar to me in, in the way we attacked that particular league. So I think it'll be fun. I think we're going to have to have some conversations where it's kind of like, well, I want this guy here and he wants this guy here. And we, you know, kind of decide which direction we're going to go. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of fun. I, I think, I, I think you get better every time you, go through a startup with a co-owner, whether they're similar to you or different, you learn, you grow, uh, become more, more uh, disciplined and a little more well-rounded. So find yourself. It's, it might be a little late. Startup season is coming. <laughs> it's, it's coming not to late. A close. It's never too late. It's, it's not too late, Trey, because I have an idea. If you, you just want to test the waters, just do like a redraft best ball league and try that. You could do it in the end bowl. So as I plug the beginning of the show, I have started – this Indoll's Bowl to support my wife who is raising money for the Alzheimer's Association. And you can join it for $25. We're going to have great prizes. Uh, the, the, the first one to announce is the subscription to Football Guys. I don't have it in front of me, but it's their like um, season pro subscription. I think it's valued at $70. So it's a great subscription. Love Football Guys. They have great content. So hey. join that league with a friend. Um, all you got to do is donate and then you, you can draft together. It'll be awesome. And when I win it, I will give it to second place, as long as it's not one of you guys. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right. With that note, we're going to get out of here. We're the Fantasy Joes. Thanks for listening. Just just bear with the, the train camp news. We're, we're going to get through it. We're going to get through. We're going to have some preseason games to help us out. We're going to be fine. It's, it's, it's okay. We're, we're getting close. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll, we'll catch you next time.